this is post-apocalyptic this is rob this is john since this will probably be airing later and everyone's already on it or already forgot about it john was bringing up the banksy troll which is the best thing that we need in this world right now it's like banksy's that person who just like tops himself all the time you're wondering what else can he do and this is genius and for people that don't want to look it up he put a shredder on a framed piece of his artwork i don't know the origin of this piece of art i don't know if he put it on the street someone took it because that's usually what happens with his art it sold for 1.3 million u.s dollars and the minute the gavel hit a trigger was released and it shredded the art within the frame (laughs) it's amazing and everyone just sort of went what's that noise and looked and just watched it watched watched a million and a half dollars just well theoretically go into shreds but like you said like you were saying it may be worth more now that this whole thing legendary print Yeah. yeah so i i think it's Right, I think it's part. You could view it as part of the art. Yeah, that this actually happened. You and, know, and from what we know, he built a frame with the shredder two years ago. Or so this what, is a his his Instagram is a few years ago. So oh. I don't know. It could be two. It could be could be more. I don't think it could be that much because more. Because the but, battery, in yeah. This, like so, basically, say let's say the the most three years. Yeah, builds a frame knowing who he is and how his art will be taken and sold off to auction. Puts a shredder with a <laughs> battery remote, and it still. But if you look, it seems to stop halfway, which is makes it even more. Right. Because then it makes it look more artistic. Totally. For some reason, so probably the battery went dead. Maybe is the reason why it only went halfway, which is right. impressive. Because he literally could have hit the button, and nothing happened. Right. And and probably he was thinking, I don't, I don't know. It could happen or it could not. Let's see. Yeah, this is something, no one's tested this, right? this theory before. No one shreds their artwork intentionally. <laughs> so if you can, if you haven't already, uh, look at it, just, I guess, look up Banksy shredded art. Yeah. It's it's something that you wish would be in the news cycle for about five days, but I have a feeling we'll forget about it tomorrow. Oh, of course. Today, it's just like with oh, that yeah. whole vote. But Oh, yeah. Today, if you want a time frame of where we are without giving a date, today is the vote for... Uh, judge kavanaugh yeah so the second or third i don't know where we are within the time you know, from all how the, many votes the, the procedural the, i don't know because it could be like oh vote. so is it last no 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 it wasn't august it wasn't september i don't know what where I we are i don't get the votes this is no this is the vote to go ahead to the, put it to the the whole body okay now th- no this is the procedural vote to put it through a final like why it seemed like a lot of votes yeah i mean once again that's how the government works good or bad that's it's good that you have steps you just don't jump to one but it was like oh the votes today so if you're watching looking at twitter it's like oh the vote i should pay attention it's passed to move forward right oh it's sort of like um i guess when you pitch a script we're gonna buy it to move forward oh we're gonna make it no 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 we're gonna maybe put it in development to see what happens oh okay (laughs) Yeah, it's just sort of like that when you exit a page, you know, yeah. the dialogue box pops up. Are you sure you want to exit? Yeah. It's like, oh, so I me pushing the X wasn't enough. I have to, like, be sure. Okay. Yes, I'm sure. So I guess this is sort of a, a protection just yeah. to make sure that, okay, this is a lifetime appointment. Yeah. Are you sure you want to vote? Which way? feels like it should go through more votes. Absolutely. Um, it goes through the House, the Senate. 
than the commission. It's like, all right, that makes sense. But other things, it takes, I mean, it takes longer for me to get a driver's license. Oh, than it God. Seems. <laughs> I just got one. And it's oh, just... right, right, right. Yeah, you were driving with a piece of paper or something, right? <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, California, they don't, um, they don't issue your driver's license on the spot. Actually, the first time I got a license here in California, you know, in Maryland, they just give it to you right there. Mm-hmm. And I get a piece of paper, and I'm like, "What? What is this?" They're like, "You'll get it in the mail." I'm like, "In the mail? What?" And then I'm like, maligning the the technology of. Yeah. This is California. You guys yeah. have Silicon Valley, right? And you guys can't print licenses. The rinky dink uh, in Maryland called DMV. DMV. Uh, I'm sorry, MVA. MVA in Maryland can just print them like at a little like i don't know 200 hundred dollar printer yeah you know at some card table and they print them out for you yeah i don't it, I, I just it's weird because you would think that's i only knew that way because i was born and raised and it wasn't until i moved out of state briefly mm-hmm. was i was like oh you can do it now i don't it, and it seems more you're standing there officially you and they're handing it to you so that seems it's not like it's going through a secondary process it's going to a printer to then get mailed to you, and hopefully the address is typed right, which, I mean, that's on you. But yeah. if you hand it to me, I know you know you gave it to me. Like, I have to sign a piece of paper, and it's like, oh, that's my license. It's such a weird – I don't yeah. understand why here in California you just can't print it. Yeah, I, maybe the argument is the amount of people. I just don't – like, with everything, they're trying to streamline things and trying to, uh, with technology, make yeah. things easier. Like when I went in there, you could, there's a kiosk where you can do a lot of things. You mm-hmm. can pay your registration there, get your tags, oh. do everything. I'm like, okay, so you can do this. Why can't you do the licenses? And I know there's some sort of reason. I'm sure there's some sort of reason, but I don't know about it. Yeah. I don't know. It may have to do with uh, legality or whatever. Yeah. But you got you to gotta think that at some point, you got to make it so that you can print them right there. Because it, it feel like you would streamline the system. Because I know there's someone that's probably processing that to mail it to you, but that person of could course. just be there. Because I feel like if you're at the computer, all right, we took the photo, everything's been approved, send. Goes to another printer, you wait. When they come through, they take a handful, call out names, hold up the ID and yeah. go, all right, sign here, here's your license. It seems only because I've been to another state, I know it works. Right. You would almost think it would be like that in other states. And then you come to California, it's like, well, of course. California, the tech, right? Know. Yeah, it's just, it's just the, in the it's just the piece of paper. It's yeah. just like, so this is really, this is Seems my most, license, right? Now. It's like this is my form of ID right now. It's like I could lose this. this I could, sh- it could be shredded. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's just the dumbest thing to give you. Just some, oh, you're printing it out on just like normal paper and with the seal on it. But it's just like, okay, I show this to someone and they go, all right. Sure, and then a photo ID, I guess your old driver's license or whatever, but then in two weeks, you'll get it in the mail. It's like, okay. You start stressing at week two, like the beginning of week two or the end of week two. Right. Because then you don't want it lost, and it's like, I don't want to go back. Because then my license, like I went a week before it expired. Within that time frame, before I got the, um, I had the paper, but before I got the actual license, it my old one expired. So I'm like, oh, so if I somehow don't have the paper, do I keep the paper in my car so I don't, like, forget it? Do I keep it in my wallet? Is it – it's it's like 
do guys stapled eight pages together? <laughs> do I keep everything together? Right. I don't want to like take anything off in case something happens. Like, why don't you have all these other receipts and papers stapled? To- but I can't have that in my yeah. wallet. And it's like, this is. And stupid. for two weeks, you were nobody. Yeah. Like basically for two weeks, you can't do anything. I mean, yes, you, you, you get a, your license back with a hole in it that just shows that right. you went through the process. But in a way, it's like, I literally can't do anything. Can I buy alcohol? Will they, do I have to hold that in the paper up? I mean, it's, they can see my age and photo. It's just, yeah, where's your old license? And it's still like, I guess it's expired and this is a piece of paper. No. Sure. I mean, anybody could print a piece of paper. You're like, look, I just want a beer. I, I like beer. Know. Just give me a beer. <laughs> like, we all like beer. Do you like beer? No, do you? <laughs> But yeah, that whole license process. I mean, like, uh, I went in. I was really happy. I was like, okay, because I went in the last time. It's like, okay, the next few times, I'll just renew it by mail. Yeah. Keep the same picture. Had an awesome picture for some reason, <laughs> and it was like uh, the the renewal came in the mail, and now there's this new thing where uh, in 2021 or mm-hmm. something, it's you can no longer use like. A normal license or whatever for travel. Oh, um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to get a real ID, right? You know, and those those you can travel with the, uh, the license. Otherwise, you know, a passport yeah. uh, will do. Not that I don't have a passport, but um, I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and get the real ID, I guess. Mm. But that required me to go inside the the um, one of the uh, uh, the offices, the field yeah. offices, and it's like, oh. In, in in California, it's just the worst. It's like you got to make an appointment. So I made an appointment like a month. Was able to find one a month in advance. Yeah. Everything else was like, oh, three months in advance. Three months later, you'll you know is is the next appointment. Yeah. And without an appointment, you can still go, but it's just miserable. <laughs> you know. So I yeah, because I think you took like a half a day off of work. <laughs> yeah, it was like I'm gonna be, and I thought. You know, Rob, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out. I got a license. Yeah, uh, I got to get renewed. It's just, it may be a marathon (laughs) day. Like, just go. Yeah. And so the, I got an appointment. Got there. You know, the appointment line is short. Everyone else is looking really miserable. It's sad, angry, and got in there and like within an hour or less, got in and got out. And it was just. You know, it was paper after paper, and give us your uh, utility bill, give us a W two with your full social security, your passport, birth certificate. You, th- I'm like, okay. I mean, if I'm not who I say I am by now, it's like, come on. Like each person wants something different, like to prove it. Yeah, I'm gonna takes this to that person, and that person takes it to this person. Okay, go over there, take your picture, and then come back to me, and then go over there, and then do that, and then we're almost done. We're, you know, I'm like, what, what, what is, what is happening? I'm me. I, look, I just need to drive my car. Can yeah. you just help me out? I need to drive because obviously I have my utility bill, I have my passport. I can go anywhere in the world. Yeah, I just want to drive my car. So you take, <laughs> you end up taking like, okay, I have my utility bill. I got like blood. T- I got like. Uh, birth certificates i have like your child foot uh footprint you know like in the, in, my, like, <laughs> in the clay there's my child footprint spelling test from the third grade it's like you know come on yeah. you know but it was pretty painless but uh i just 
even that, even with that, I just don't want to go in there again. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just don't want to do it. And I think to get this particular ID, because it's this type of secure ID, mm-hmm. you're going to have to go in every time. And I'm like, I don't know. It, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, but then that's the weird thing. You got to get this super secure ID. You got to come here. All right, you can go. We're just going to mail it to you. Shouldn't you then print it there? That is what I thought, too. I'm like, well, anybody could just take my, you know, license. Yeah, because then they have, like, the full thing, and they, you know, someone with a good machine changes the photo, you know. Yeah, it's like you didn't, at this point, I think you should hand it to the person. Yeah. Because if it's that secure, not just mail it. Yeah. I I mean, I think that's the weird thing, because it's not even a matter of, it sucks, but come back in a week. And it'll take two minutes, and we need to hand it to you. Then it would make more sense. Yeah. But here's the most secure ID you can get. Don't worry, we'll just throw it in the mail. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all that, all that, all that. Yeah, same thing. Mail, you'll get it. Oh, it's like so. So it's not even really more secure. You're just making me jump through more hoops. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. But once again, I, I panicked and looked at my license. All of a sudden, I was like, "When is mine expired? Twenty twenty two. Oh, so which just seems so you just got your license i guess yeah i think i recently i don't even remember last year i think probably i think i just mailed it in lucky enough i i think because i didn't have that new real id right yeah that just started this year so it was last year you did but that just seems so oh you know 2022 that's not even a real date i know just mine's 20 uh, 2023 and i'm like oh okay sure i mean i will not look at this until i get a notice in the mail that doesn't even seem like (laughs) it seems like something i see in a sci-fi movie 2023 oh that year's never coming (laughs) it's sort of um like we were talking about in the office was here's a still from uh of uh joaquin phoenix as the joker for the movie coming out next october (laughs) i mean yes it's cool it's good to see what he looks like and oh okay that's the uh, approach they're taking but then it's like october it's 2019 yeah october 2019 not even here's a sneak peek of something coming in january which is all right january's not too far off that makes sense but here's a sneak peek i can't care right now right i mean i care for the moment because like oh that's cool all right i don't need to talk about this anymore right for marketing departments do you think there's like a metric by which they go when to drop certain things like is it too early is it the time you know i, I think, know there's a lot of different factors involved i think but. with this one is uh, they were shooting in a public area obviously when you film you're gonna block off as much as you can because actually jason up in he's a little more uh he's burbank boulevard he just texted me going oh they're filming tarantino's once upon a time in oh America, hollywood hollywood or something like that. i'm just call it once upon a time right. um <laughs> They're blocking it off like up there. But once again, that's a public area. They're going to use a street. Doesn't mean I can't come down from another street with a good camera, take some photos. So I think knowing they were going to start shooting public, they decided to self-release it. So on Instagram, I think the director, Todd Phillips, posted a like kind of a professionally shot video. It was just it was like sort of a makeup camera test. So they start slowly panning or pushing in onto Joaquin while the Joker image is flashing over him, and then it just stills on his face with the makeup, and it's like, all right, that's what he looks like. And then, honestly, like, it was a day and a half later, set photos came out. Oh. And, obviously, now with everyone in their high-tech cameras, it's not even blurry. The set photos look like it was from a set photographer. They were that clear. Right. So, it's not even a grainy thing where, oh, that looks bullshitty. 
I think he just wanted to make an official here. Wow. So I think kind of then everyone was talking about. So when the set photos came out, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what he looks like. And no one really cared, (laughs) you know, so he kind of controlled the narrative a little bit. So, yeah, I think everything is and this is a big typed movie. So they probably want people to slowly talk about it and remember it. But come. So it'll probably be July or August of next year when we get a real, real trailer. And I'll be like, all right, that movie. Isn't it already been out? That'll be my thing. Hasn't it already come out? Yeah, at a certain point, you go, yeah, I thought this thing, you know, you sort of get tired of, you sort of get, you know, trailer fatigue Mm -hmm. when, you know, the teaser comes out and, you know, there's a sort of a leader in the front that goes, you're about to watch the teaser. I know. I clicked on this thing. It's like, you don't have to. I don't need a countdown to the thing I'm about to watch. Yeah, it's like, here's a spoiler to the trailer. It's like, I just, uh, well, yeah, it's a thing of uh, where they do the tease the day before. Right. Here's the teaser trailer for tomorrow's trailer. Just show me the tra- I don't Actually, I'll it. have to say the only one who did that really well, I think it was um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. They, they released the trailer, but it was ant size. <laughs> so it was that thing when you popped on it, it was like smaller than a postage stamp. And it was the trailer. And it was like, they go oh, for the a full-size trailer. See, come tomorrow. And it was like, that's clever marketing. Like that. It's clever. It's clever. But, but yeah, the tease where it's like they show you four seconds and you know, tomorrow. And it's like, just show me the trailer. <sighs> Yeah, it's. I don't need that. We it's, live in a day and age where I'm not going to seek it the next day. It will just be in my feed or in my news thing. It's not one of those things like, oh, right, that trailer. I, I better write it down. I'm going to open up Twitter. And it's, it's going to be, be trending because you're going to promote it. You're going to do all that. And it's like, I, I don't need a teaser trailer. It's so true. I mean, it's just they're trying to make things I mean, for com- competition. But they're trying to make things easier and easier all the time. To where things just come to you. I mean, every time you open up your laptop, you know, all these ads come that are tailored to, you know, you, Rob. And it's like this. You looked at this or you thought about this or you talked about this to somebody. Those shoes that you talked to, uh, you know, uh, Bob about or whatever. These are them. They're on sale. Like, how did you know? And it's like, um, oh, they're listening to me. Which I've already accepted. We're to that age where it's like. I've accepted it too. It's like, oh, right, I was talking about that yesterday. You know how I know? It's in my Twitter feed today yeah. <laughs> as a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, it's it, in your feed. You didn't do anything. Like, it's it's there trending. Yeah. So the teaser to the teaser or the teaser to the trailer. Yeah. Don't really need it. You could just drop the trailer. Yeah. Like, they did that, uh, I think, the five-minute Aquaman trailer came out. But they didn't oh, tease right, that. They it, just yeah. sort of went, here's a five-minute trailer. Five minutes, Aquaman. Do you think it's five minutes of, wait, wait, we know about Justice League. We, this is good. Like, we're going to show you everything. I I think it was a redemption trailer because that first one, which was fine. It it looks like a movie, but it was just like, whatever. I don't care. And this one, I still don't care. But you could tell they were telling the story at a slow draw. And then they showed you some action. It was almost like a, a sales reel. Hey, mm-hmm. do you guys want to buy our film? We'll show you that we have a story. Look at our action and our VFX. Right. Now, Romania, do you want to buy our movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, Does it got wow. Seagal in it? Yes. Sold. <laughs> Seagal and <laughs> I wish he was Aquaman. <laughs> just fighting with his hands. <laughs> <laughs> just like all this action, all this, you know, uh, orchestral music and everything. And like, and just cut it. And then it's like near silence and it's. Seagal walking to try to get somewhere. <laughs> he either like walks very slowly or sits or whatever he slowly. slowly. Whatever he does slowly. 
or he eats and licks his lips always or drinks drinks wine and licks his lips afterwards this is the weirdest thing he is so and if anyone wants a treat uh china salesman is on it's either on amazon prime or, or netflix right now all you need to watch just watch the bar fight which is the first five minutes yeah did we lead up to anything or were we just in the bar right away Lead up, I think. I don't know if anything led no, up to well, anything. Well, no, no, no. Not story-wise. <laughs> were there images before we got to the bar? or did, No, because there was the, Yeah, yeah, there were some things. Oh, yeah, because we went through the six production the cards. All the... Main, yeah, there was some stuff, but... It's it's in the top, you know... It's within the ten first ten minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's when Mike Tyson will enter a... Not a bar, but more of a... What was that? It was a set. Yeah. He entered a set that had alcohol on it. <laughs> So Mike Tyson much. and Seagal have a big fight. It's amazing. The fight itself, really well done. The rest of the movie is not good. So treat yourself to that five minutes yeah, and then be okay with not watching the rest of the movie because there is nothing else that happens in that movie, sadly. Yeah, I know. I, I had seen or a friend of mine had sent me the clip of that right. fight a few months ago, like China Salesman. Yeah. I'm like, all right. So from that fight... I was like, oh, okay, if the movie's like this, sure. You know, yeah. I'll definitely give it a watch. And that was it, though. There wasn't... There was nothing that happened. Mike Tyson just looking at computer screens a lot. <laughs> Steven Seagal looking at computer <laughs> screens a lot. Weirdest thing. I think the whole main story was about this country getting internet, yeah. which... And then there was a tank, and then... I don't know, there was... Oh. There was so much happening with so many different groups. I, I, I didn't know who anyone was. It, that sounds exciting. There's tanks and gunfights. It was not exciting at all. And no, it was like out of nowhere. It's, oh, okay. Well, oh, yeah, they were putting the antenna up. Then all of a sudden this girl was screaming. They take the girl because they had a knife. Then we're at a hospital and a truck. And it was like, <laughs> where are we? never knew where we were at any given. No idea. Any motivations, anything out and of it, left field. And we, big didn't story it say points. based on a true story? It did. <laughs> Which is doubtful. My guess is there was a salesman in China, and that was based on a true story. <laughs> maybe, yeah, I, I, yeah, like maybe one part of it was true, which is <clears> funny because uh, I was thinking about that today. Um, I was thinking, I wasn't thinking of Fast and the Furious, but I was thinking about how uh, Zach, our our coworker, is um, him and his writing partner met with someone, and they're working on pitches. I won't give anything away. They're working on pitches based on a meme. That's correct. A meme. Right. This company, unsaid company, purchased the rights to a meme, which I don't know how you do it. And it's, if you knew the full story, which I, I'm not going to give any of the story away, it's not really a meme as much as it's more street art that sort of clicked for a second, right. sort of speaking, a Banksy in a way. Yeah. Sort of full circle our conversations. <laughs> so there was something that <clears throat> circulated briefly. They found the people that made it, bought the rights to it. Once again, not sure how you buy rights to a meme or street art or something. Mm -hmm. They tracked it down. Zach and his co um, partner, a really good writer, so they're pitching ideas based on a meme. Going back to that, I was thinking of Fast and the Furious, how that was just based on a newspaper article. And um, hmm. it was basically, I think, I want to say there's been a hundred of those. So none of, the, none of where we are with Fast and the Furious is anything remotely to what the article was. The article was uh, about the street racing culture in L.A., and that was it. And this was 1998, I think, because I think the movie came out in 99, um, which is crazy. That was almost been 20 years of Fast and the Furious movies. Jeez. Or, or is it 99 or 2000? Roughly 99 or 2000, because I remember it 
based on when when my wife old owned her old car because we gotcha. saw it in the car. So they basically went, oh, this would make an interesting movie, and gave it to who was it? Gary, Gary Scott Thompson. Yes, he wrote wrote Fast and the Furious, and mm-hmm. then here we are, ten movies later, or soon to be ten movies later, with a spinoff, Shaw and Hobbs, based on those two characters, The Rock and um, Statham. Yeah, which is great. But it, it, like, I don't know. There's something. I was just the only reason I was thinking about that is how there is some sort of creativity to this based on a true story where some people take liberties. I can't imagine China Salesman is a true story in any way other than there must have been this town that was a bidding war for telecommunication, which is the main story of China Salesman. Right. And maybe they were competing and it maybe it got violent. Maybe one person died. Was there all out gun battles? I seriously doubt it because I feel like I would know this story. Like, I feel like some at some point, because the way they play it, it's current time. So even if it was 10 years ago, I feel like I would have heard a story about a country warring over tele- telecommunications. And well, like, so, like that. I mean, like the way they portrayed it, where it was gun battles and tanks fighting for telecommunication rights in this country. I feel like that would have popped up on something. I have a feeling it's a country that was battling for telecommunication. Someone that was shady, someone got shot, and that's the based on the true story. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they took, a, a, of course, a lot of license because it's a lot supposed to be <laughs> this action movie that they try to portray it out to be. I mean, at its heart, you know, oh, these two companies or two uh, entities are warring over, you know, bringing telecommunications to this one country doesn't sound that exciting but you add in tanks and and um command posts and it's just a bunch of big social issues as well that just sort of get brushed over you know mike tyson makes a big speech and it's oh just yeah like, and then he shoots himself yeah, it's spoilers just, it's like yeah it's just <laughs> for some reason for some we don't know we don't have any motivation about anything right you know it's not like oh my god why he made this big political stand at the end but in the beginning someone threw a barrel at him and he punched it and it broke and shattered into pieces so i'm i'm guessing they took some liberties right with the the story and that's the other thing was in that fight wasn't yeah he smashed a barrel to pieces with his bare fist punched a hole punched a hole in the walls right like a like a cement wall yeah cement wall like a big hole just punched it still going seagal comes in and he can't even he can't even land a punch right for for a good part of it Uh, first especially the first part of it and it's like seagal is just like this super ninja or whatever it's like yeah okay that that editor should get an award right. <laughs> for making it look like a fight because all of a sudden, yeah, Mike Tyson's punching barrels, punching walls, breaking everything, lands a punch on Seagal and he doesn't even move. Yeah, and you're like, oh, Seagal was in the editing. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, punches don't hurt me. I'm Steven Seagal. Like you've got to be kidding. Me. But in the whole time before they fight, when Mike Tyson's kicking ass in the you know in the bar, restaurant, or whatever it is. He's drinking like a glass of wine. Yeah, which is like, what is? Why are you? Like what he's is that watching going? as yeah. all this is going on, it's like and a spectator. And then he's like, he puts the wine down. and Go, all right, let me handle this guy for no reason. 
yeah whatsoever and at that point i don't even think we knew who mike tyson was no because then all of a sudden he's spying on everyone yeah and it's like is this guy a spy now <laughs> the spy thing was like where did that come from oh yeah because they're all of a sudden they're like oh, oh someone's listening tyson too and so, then it can't believe although it. i'll have to say mike tyson was pretty good for what that movie was <laughs> like the little bit we heard him act in quotes <laughs> he was actually I wasn't mad at that. I was like, it was a lot better than I anticipated because he was doing some sort of um, South African voice. But I mean, it seemed like that. He was was affecting his voice. He was affecting his voice. So he didn't sound like Mike Tyson at all. Like he didn't have that pitch or tone. He was doing something. Yeah. Like I think he thought it was more of a serious movie than it was. He took it real. Yeah. I I was wondering, I was like, what choices? But it's weird to. To talk about choices and acting choices in Mike Tyson, but I was like, I was like, what is he? What is that voice? What is he doing? Yeah. Like, what is happening here? Why is he spying? Is he a spy? Who is he? And he's what got is that his motivation for anything. And, and yeah, and the tattoo in the face. Which I mean, you hire Mike Tyson. That's that's you're not covering is. that up. No, like, I, we want people to know this is Mike Tyson. Yeah, but I know he does. He goes all in. You yeah. know, he's he's all in. I mean, he's not good actor yeah but you know he works for this film yeah i don't know it's 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 one of those things where you're like you see mike tyson like okay oh the sort of novelty of having mike tyson in a movie like this you go all right i'm watching i'm I'm on board i want to see what it is you know i don't know if i can believe he's this super tech uh uh, assassin or or spy but um sure you know? It, it kind of makes me um, sad is the wrong word or disappointed that he didn't capitalize. Of course, he was raping and beating up women. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's always the downside. As much as I'm putting Mike Tyson in a great picture in this movie, he's had a pretty terrible past. Yeah, I mean, he's had a terrible, you know, raised a terrible childhood and all that stuff. Um, and he's got a definitely a checkered past. You know, could he be on the Supreme Court? I don't know. Probably. I think he... Um. I, that would be amazing. <laughs> but I'm disappointed that he didn't end up doing more action films. Of the time now, we live in the wrestler or boxer age where if you're famous on WWE, you're getting a movie. And Mike Tyson could have after, I guess, even the... Uh, what was it? The uh, Vander Holyfield fight where he bit the ear. Got spent... Could have went right into making action movies. I know that wasn't his path, but... Because he was pretty good. I would have watched Mike Tyson movies. Yeah, I think, you know, there was a time where he could really maybe cash in. Not on these, like, China salesmen, yeah. uh, eight production company funded movies. But, like, something a little more mainstream. Yeah, if we had um, Expendables or even Fast and the Furious at that time, he would have been a oh, great totally. sub-person. Oh, just trying to insert him. I wonder if you could... Because he's putting every money in anyway. Yeah. You can put Mike Tyson in one of those Fast and the Furious today. I think you can. Like, you could put him in the Shab, uh, Sean Hobbs spinoff. I think you could put Mike Tyson in that movie now. So In part 10 or something. I think Rob and I are responsible for um, getting The Rock and Jason Statement in Fast and the Furious. Because we spoke it out into the universe years before. Wouldn't it be cool if we had these two? I don't know if they'll do it, but... Oh, they're doing Well, yeah, it. because that was when those movies were grounded. When yeah. we were talking... Grounded, air quotes. <laughs> uh, I, I think they were relatively grounded until about four. 
Because, like, the first one is very much just a sort of life in L.A. street racing culture that Gary wrote. Two was when it got a little ridiculous, when it became, like, flashy street racing in Florida, maybe? Did it go to Florida? Sure. Three, they went to Tokyo. Or no one went to Tokyo. <laughs> Some new guy went to Tokyo, and right. then they were drifting. Then four was when all of a sudden it was about heists and stuff like that. Then it became what it was right now. So I think, yeah, when we were talking about it, we, yeah, we were just like, oh, we state them in the rock in these movies now. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's someone like, hurt us. They've, yeah, and they've taken over. Someone on my phone heard me say <laughs> that and uh, and they took it. If you can add people, yeah, I think mm-hmm. I would welcome a Mike Tyson in. Why not? I know, mean, I think he had enough in that movie where it's like, look, you give him one scene, he'll shine. And it's everyone will be like, oh, my God, it's Mike Tyson. So, and he could be playing Mike Tyson. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, no, I'm a secret agent now. Of course you are. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're jumping cars building to building now, so I'm going I to mean, believe. It's within the wheelhouse of what, you know, what these movies are now. So Exactly. And then could... put based on a true story. <laughs> so do you know, I, I actually don't know the rules on that. Can I mean, what is the rules of putting based on a true story? Uh, I don't know if there are any rules okay. at all i think there's sort of internal unwritten rules right. you know just like when you see at the end of the movie these characters are fictitious any yeah uh similarity to uh real life people is completely unintentional no. completely unintentional and they put those at the end of the movie so that they could show good faith mm-hmm but it does not absolve them of any sort of legal action. Right. Just because you say, hey, you know what? If we, if this looks like your life, it was an unintentional. Yeah. It, it, that doesn't, like, that's not going to hold up in court. Yeah. So, um, but there's certain things like at least legal par- departments, like at least put it on the, uh, put it this disclaimer on there so that, you know, People can see that we're in good faith. We're not trying to. Um, we at least have the appearance of not trying to uh, put one over on anybody. Well, yeah, because you're going to be in that day and age. It's like we do this on our show. We go through clearances on names and everything, and every name gets cleared. Every everything has to be cleared in on the show. Everything goes to script clearances. So yeah, there's going to be a time when your name's going to be in a movie, just for the sheer luck that your name's going to be in a movie. Like if yeah. you have a very common name, it's not you. Yeah, but they also let you know if that's your name we're also not basing it on you right just happened to name lottery came up totally yeah i don't so i don't think there's any um any sort of legal rule i mean who's gonna say oh it's not based on a true story should i prove that it's not um and now i think it's just more of a marketing tool but does that work that i mean that didn't make me want to see i didn't even had no idea i'm trying to salesman i just saw it and went okay it has long not worked i think there was a point where it did yeah you know where uh movies were a little more of a luxury in that people didn't really it was a special thing to go to the theater yeah you know and you didn't have eighty thousand other avenues of entertainment mm-hmm. you know and it was like oh wow based on the true story so it sort of meant something and it had this import to it uh back then now it's like you have things like fargo that play on the true story right you now it's like this is based on a true story and then you know the 
uh, based on a story, you know, uh, dissolves and it yeah. goes true. And it's like, eh, not and, really. And then they sort of even allude to different things that it's not. Like, yes, he's right. playing with the that term a little right. bit. And, and so it doesn't matter. You know, when someone's telling a joke mm-hmm. and they go, true story, this happened to me. And then they launch into some crazy whatever. Yeah. The true story doesn't really do anything. Yeah. You. you don't go... Oh wow, that's even funnier now because it's true. Not really. Because yeah, ultimately, if you're telling me a story, all right, I jump building a building in a car. Oh, so this is a dream because it's like they're telling me the true story. Like if you went true story, I jump my car building to building. I want more information. Right. So yeah, I mean, true story. Sometimes it means something. Yeah. Most times, no one really cares. Something based on real events. As long as the story's good. Yeah. Then we don't really care if it's based on a true story. There are some stories that are so good that people would come up to you and go, "Oh wow, that seems really authentic. That mm-hmm. seems really true. Did that really happen?" And you go, "No." Yeah. You know, it's it's all about how well you tell the story. You know, so the based on true events, based on real events, doesn't mean a whole lot unless it's something like The Exorcist or something yeah. like that where it's like some sort of supernatural thing. Right. you're like, okay, this actually happened in real life. But if it's something like, you know, this group of boys were convicted of murder, you know, in New York and then they got off and mm-hmm. then there was this whole trial and yeah. then, you know, the future president of the United States, you know, convicted them, you know, prematurely. Yeah. It's like, all right, that was a true story. Or some people uh, who remember that go, oh, I remember when yeah. that happened. But if the movie's not good, or if yeah. the book's not good, or whatever, it really doesn't mean anything. I think it works. It only works in like certain. I, it definitely. I get it in like um like an exorcist type of way. It's like holy shit, right? But then you're like, well, I'm sure some things have been so, some, absolutely. But those movies where you're watching, what was the one we watched? Is it Crown Heights? Maybe last year. I don't mm-hmm. remember if that was it. Uh, it was the story of the guy who was wrongfully convicted and went to prison for like 30 years or something and got out. I think that's Crown Heights. And that was the whole thing. You're like, holy shit, this is real. Like when they mentioned that it was, you know, right. it based on the true events from this book or something from this guy. And you see it. Then the, I think the whole time you're just going, holy shit, I can't believe this is real because it's really treated as a true story. They're showing you, oh, he went to prison and then his struggles and everything. And obviously there's going to be some things exaggerated for, you know, story and they're going to like combine people you know right. it's like well um that movie also there's a lot of true story movies last year um the one with dev patel finding his parents uh lion lion yeah. yeah and then i remember they go well he didn't have the one girlfriend he had a couple girlfriends but we made a girlfriend that right. sort of embodied all of them because it would have been confusing to go you know he i guess he bounced from relationship to relationship as he was trying to find his parents and then it's just like it's not a good story point. So we figured one person that reflected everything worked. And that I get. It's like sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, because it would have been just watching a movie. Who's this now? That's his new girlfriend. All right. Because you're also trying to condense something into two hours right. based on a true story. And I think those, I think, impact me more because it is a, it's more of like a biography, which is inter- like watching China Salesman, the minute someone's punching a barrel and it's splitting. All right. That didn't happen. I'm right. sorry. I just can't buy that this actually happened. Yeah. When you have those sorts of things and then based on a true story, it just sort of it speaks to the credibility of that true story yeah. uh, moniker. It's like, mm, I don't 
really think that this happened <laughs> like this, you know, a true story where, you know, a 70 year old is fighting a, you know, 55 year old using martial arts yeah. and jumping around. You're like, I just look, I want to buy this story. Right. It's like, come but on. it's sort of the thing of like, um, you have uh, like movies, like I'm just going to dip in the well of everything that came out last year. Fences. Yeah. Like if you were to watch Fences, I know it's based on a play and everything, and uh, you would almost look at that going, "No, oh, it's probably a true story." Yeah, exactly. But because it, it the way it's written and everything, but doesn't mean it's not elements aren't true. Because you know, obviously, you always write from what you know. Cause, yeah, I had a shitty childhood, and that's kind of how my dad was. It's not. It's true-ish, but the story I'm telling is not true. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I think almost with anything, there's some you're putting when you're writing, you're putting your friends in it in a way. Oh, this is kind of like this guy I know. So I'm going to put, I'm going to just make that a character trait. Yeah. So it's, I think almost everything you write is based on something you know, in a way. Yeah. No, you definitely put yourself in it. And, and, and uh, you know, if you're collaborating, people put things in what they know. I mean, really good play, musical, called uh, Passing Strange. And it's about um, this musician. And he's a real musician. And, um, he has a band. His name is uh, called himself Stu. Okay. And his name is Mark Stewart. And he has a band called the Negro Problem. And so, but he's from LA, mm-hmm. from South Central LA, grew up in the 70s, and went to Europe to sort of find himself. And so, this is a story of him um, leaving home, mm-hmm. leaving here, and South Central LA that was not the gang ghetto culture of today, but mm-hmm. it was. It was sort of the opposite of that, but he wanted to get out and sort of explore different things as an artist, mm-hmm. and sort of him growing up uh, as a man, sort of coming up, coming of age, and his uh, attachment to to home, you know, mm-hmm. while he's over in Europe, and it's really authentic and really good, and the 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 dialogue and the uh, the lyrics are just really smart, okay, and intelligent and. Um, and the creativity of it, because he's mm-hmm. a performance artist too, is, is is amazing. You know, I was reading about it. You know, everything seems to ring true. I mean, this is this guy's life, so he yeah. can just pull from his own life. Um, you know, there is you know his ex-wife, who's also in the band, who okay. also is in the play, and the director. Um, these are two white women. Mm-hmm. And their experiences are folded within the story, too. So okay. they all kind of came together and, you know, extrapolated from their own ex- experiences mm-hmm. into this play. And so it's like, like like you were saying, it's, yeah, it's a true story, but it's like you grab from this person, that person's yeah. experience, that person's experience to make something. So when you watch a movie, you know, you can't, you can't put everything into it yeah. for uh you know, just pal- uh, palatability for for the audience. Uh, Spike Lee in Malcolm X, you know, played a character called Shorty. Uh, Malcolm X, true story, <laughs> was never a character called Shorty. But there was a lot of his friends that sort of were, you know, were basically different parts of that character's um, makeup. So what he did was he took a bunch of his friends, put them into one character, and just had us 
be engaged into the relationship between those two because if you have it was sort of diluted if you have you know friend a b c d right. and e so with the girlfriend in you know lion it's like yeah we he, we can say that he had all these girls or whatever yeah but if we just put it into one person i think we could probably follow it easier in a movie as an audience well yeah because you're you you put everything that maybe each girl moved his story forward into one and mm-hmm. just sort of do that because yeah, it, it would make zero sense. It's like the way people, when people start talking about Game of Thrones, which I haven't seen, people start naming name after name. And a lot of people go, like after like three or four episodes, more people will come back and it's like, oh, who's that again? So I imagine, yeah, you're watching Malcolm I, another character. Wait, who was that? That yeah. was Steve. How do we know Steve again? Oh, Steve's the childhood friend that came back. Oh, yeah, I don't remember Steve, you know, it, but you have right Shorty. It's like, yeah, we can represent one person from his uh, time before, time during, and present or current. So that'll help us as a bridge, as opposed to, well, technically, he had three friends before. You know, he went to prison. Then he had three other friends there, and then, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you're like, I can't write twelve new people in, and people right. are just gonna be like, who's this now? Yeah, and this is not gonna. It's at, at some point, it's just like it's not a really important. It's not important enough that okay, well this is what really happened. He had five friends here and five friends there and you you're not going to know who any yeah. of them are and he's going to have like a sort of a limited uh, interaction with all of them and it's just not no. Let's let's embody who he has as a friend. The fact that he has, you know, a confidant. Let's let's yeah. let's establish that and let's give him all the traits that this person has. And then you know, figuratively, we can say, you know, this is an embodiment of all the friends that he yeah. had. And we can understand that as an audience and move on to the story at hand, which is like his transformation. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's just smart writing. I think that some people have probably done the whole, okay, well, how many friends did he have? Oh, let's put them all in. Yeah. And you've realized, yeah, it doesn't really work. Because all of a sudden you're even reading and going, oh, God, Steve again. He had two friends named Steve, so we're going to call him Steve M. Yeah. And he's like, ah. Yeah, it's just like, and I think you do that, <clears throat> excuse me, in the writing process in yeah. the beginning. You do all this stuff. You write all the stuff down. You write it all out. And then you realize maybe you send it out. Maybe you <clears throat> just look at it yourself and go, you know what? This is a little bit confusing. Let me streamline this down and let me focus it to somewhere yeah. to where, you know, we can be engaged as an audience into this person's lives and maybe the fact that he did have five friends is not as important as this other thing so you if if you're dealing with like a true story really any true story didn't have to be a whole life there's a lot of material there so you have to sort of pick and choose to focus on um uh, the events where as a collective it sort of represents you know um the emotion and the uh the the feel of the time the story the place the character all that is still retained but you know you sort of just cut out all the fat so to speak i don't know so do you think um going back to your experimental john with you know an umlaut when you when you oh yeah uh, of course of uh, course your uh stefan urkel (laughs) your uh your john with an umlaut could you do you make maybe even a short or a feature maybe let's just go with a feature go true story no names have been changed, but nothing is real in it. And then you just present that, and then you go out, and when people, it's like, if you hit the short festival circuit, if you get that far, and some people are talking, it's like, so all this happened? Yes. Like, do you commit to that story? And is there anything wrong with that, if you're being arty? 
I mean, obviously, as long as you're not portraying anything, it's like, no, that I didn't change anything. I literally murdered that person. Then it'd be like, all right, well, maybe we need to talk. About right. it. But if you just <laughs> exactly. make this crazy movie and just go, no, no, ever, no, I didn't change one thing. I think answer is yes. I don't think there are any rules to anything in, in art. But, you know, were you to ask me this question 25 years ago, mm-hmm. I would be a little more uh, diffident about it and say, I don't really, I don't, I don't know if I could. Film school, now, John. Yeah. Now? <laughs> well, pre-film school. John. <laughs> I, I don't, now I don't know. Um, I don't know if it, nothing matters anymore. I mean, it's just like everything is, you've seen memes, you've seen all this. Yeah. It's like, if I say based on a true story and I'm just murdering everybody right on earth yeah and it's called you know uh six billion dead yeah you know salesman yeah (laughs) exactly and i'm literally the last person on earth standing over six billion bodies yeah then then you um, hit the festival circuit now that all happened yeah exactly (laughs) and it's like oh wow i'm gonna get a lot of press because like oh wow this guy thinks he's uh that all of this happened he's going all in look he's doing a character yeah He's maybe not all there or yeah. whatever, but in this day and age, I don't think anything is off the table. So yeah, I, I think guess it's so. like I how much you want means... to commit to that joke, right? And is it like, are you? Can you do something like that at a Banksy? Lo- I mean, him anticipating it's going to sell and shredding art—that's some like chess move that I don't even understand. It's... He's he's five games ahead. Yeah, I would never. not even moves. Yeah. He's five games and ten moves ahead. Totally. It's that movie you go, I would have never thought of that. Like wow. he's, it's that's the uh what is it, the Now You See Me movie. When they show you all this shit, it's like, oh my god, that's really clever. He did it in real life. Right. In something that no one would have ever no one's ever done that. It's it's a it's a level that we've never seen art wise. Right. It's like at Sotheby's, like at this sort of highbrow auction house. And that's happening. It's right. just like you know, this sort of mischievous thing happening at like, you know, where the the, the adults table, you yeah. know, it's because it's I mean, genius. yeah, they're selling like, you know, like not that Banksy isn't a real artist, but like these masterpieces it's like, oh, my God, we study this person and Banksy will be studied eventually. But this guy's just a street artist that people all of a sudden made. So yeah. then, yeah, like you said, it's Sotheby. And you're just like, you know, one point three or eight hundred sixty three thousand pounds or whatever it was. And all of a sudden shred. Like, that's insane. It is, and I just just thinking about it. Going, yeah. Wow, what a what a what a move, you know? But do you can you? I don't know what the reveal would be. So you create a persona that you almost have to commit to. So maybe you just do it. You year. have to commit. You you, have like to you commit. you commit to it for like maybe a year, and I guess you just film, and you almost have to film your own confessionals, like in a docu style. So whenever it all comes out, you have right what you did. You just commit to this idea and then you make this, you know, I guess you could almost do a web series now because you could put the content up quickly, you know, right. and commit to this, you know, daily life. You, I guess you could be Phase Rug or Guava Juice. Present yourself as this person, you know, because obviously everyone has their own persona, but you present it as this real thing as a web series. Like each week you're like, because I guess you could do daily, but I mean that... That's a lot of for that's like Banksy level for foreshadowing, level. right? But once a week you put something out. Hey, everyone, welcome to my life. And then you just put all these things that look like something. You're like, is this guy? We don't. 
no and then you just have to almost set up other things just chess move this whole oh, thing absolutely. where to the point where people like end up getting some sort of deal somewhere then then all of a sudden i don't know if you panic oh man we we want to sign you to movie oh shit I, i'm i'm not john with an umlaut right, like, i don't <laughs> this is this was a thing i was doing i was trying this yeah i think that you do that you sort of like set up i would take a year and i would just set up all these sort of um scenarios and sort of having uh alt mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> alt scenarios in Mm -hmm. case this doesn't happen in case this doesn't pan out then i'll do this and then i'll do that so that at least at some point like i'll get one up on you know the other person and i would probably do something i want to do something like banksy Mm -hmm. what he did and what he tries to sort of um you know rage against the machine so to speak and just um do something that like gets notoriety and i think that that's the that's not his basic motivation mm-hmm. he's more of a social activist but to just sort of like with this character you're talking about yeah. is just to get the name out there just be as off the wall as possible yeah you know because it's not it's not really a serious character he's yeah. just more of he takes himself seriously but the stu- the actual content has to be because you, you would almost start like on instagram and then whatever your character name because you can't oh it's a thing you can't over plan too much because then they'll see the the fakeness of it so like if you started posting on instagram and then put four thousand hashtags or something you know it'd be like i think this guy's just trying to play what you would do whatever your character name is you post photos and your hashtag is your character name and that's the only hashtag you ever use it would take a while mm-hmm. because you'd be playing some sort of weird long game so the hashtag is, is just your name. That's it. You you don't feel like you need to hashtag where you are. I mean, you could tag where you are because that would right. be the only way people could probably find you without over hashtagging anything. Because yeah. the, the best part is most people will find a hashtag and, oh, I found this person via that. Because if you tag where you are in the photo, it's like, oh, I'm at um, Echo Park Lake yeah. or something like that. And then you post whatever you want to post with your name as the hashtag. And yeah. then you could even reply to people with just your hashtag. You know, just to see, like, you just have to... It's not trolling, because you're not going to say anything bad. You just sort of have to gain the followers in a weird way. Right. To the point where people are like, "What is? who is this guy? I mean, in a way, like, sort of the room. Like, right. the way you, you're fat. <laughs> not, not like, not bad, but in this way, it's like it's just become its own thing. Right, Like, right. Tommy was his own, own character. So it's like you sort of invent this thing and this look. Right. And, and obviously nothing too crazy, because you have to, like, keep it up. And then if you're in just a regular life, right. it doesn't really matter. It's just you have to make sure it's like, oh, if my guy wears um, uh, crazy sunglasses, if I'm, you know, Hollywood on uh, from Mannequin. All right, I got to carry those. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got to carry those, uh, the sunglasses around or something. Yeah. You know, you just have to find just enough something ridiculous but believable. Like you can't go super crazy. You can't wear star-shaped sunglasses. And it's like. <laughs> I don't think that guy's real. Yeah. Just find something unique enough, and then you just sort of have to build. And I don't know why somehow, like, if you're creating some sort of artistic character, you have to be weird. But I feel like you have to just have just that one other level. You yeah. don't just wear one thing. You know, you don't wear just a T-shirt. You have to wear this version of a T-shirt. Right, yeah. Um, well, two things. Um, I had thought about being, like... I guess not really, but like in my mind, thought mm-hmm. about being a Banksy or an invader where, like, 
you know how you, you go around LA and you see it, you see tagging yeah. and yeah. gang, you know, um, you know, people put gang, uh, signs mm-hmm. on, on buildings and stuff like that. And I always thought it would be awesome to go into like either on top of them, mm-hmm. write these sunny, uh, positive messages. Yeah. Um, and just go around everywhere, maybe like in what the the, the ghetto kind of has them, but like just over top of all of the like gang stuff, just yeah. right, just the most obnoxious, sunny like yeah. you know smiley faces. Hang in there, nice put a little cat. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like just to just to like say this is no, this is not cool. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be the other thing too, because I mean, and especially if I'm walking in Hollywood all the time, every pole has some sort of sticker that lasts about a week. I guess you would, you could take your name, the hashtag with your name, just put that up. Because I've done that. I've been at stop signs. I've seen something going. All right, I'll look because I've seen things sprayed into the ground. Hey, see my YouTube channel. Right. All right. What is this guy? Ah, okay. I know what this is. Yeah, in LA, and especially in my neighborhood, there's a bunch of stuff spray painted on the ground now, yeah. and and some of them are those messages, those um, happy messages, and, yeah. and a lot of it's just art. You go down to the art district; it's like everywhere. Like, it's, they're competing for space on the yeah. cement to get their artwork, you know, on the on the ground. Um, I thought about that, uh, and I think you, I could still do it, and it different way i won't yeah. say on yeah the air because it might happen <laughs> it might happen <clears throat> but i'll tell you off air um which i might do and you said a word that <laughs> reminded me of something you you said super crazy yeah and it just reminded me of a friend i had who was i don't know if he was signed or not but he said he was uh to so the wwe mm-hmm. and so he was like gonna he might get on mm-hmm. at this WrestleMania, whatever thing that yeah. was ha- uh, being held at the Staples Center. And so me and a few friends went down just to be like, oh, wow, if you're yeah. going to be wrestling, we're going to, we want to see you. So we go down to the Staples Center. I think we had tickets. So we like bought tickets from some guy. Yeah. And we got in, and the first match was between, I forget which guy was fighting him, but. This this character or this wrestler got super crazy. And he was just like this. I don't know if super crazy made it into the national stage. Yeah. But super crazy was this Latin guy. He was about f- five feet. Okay. At the most. Right. And long hair. And he just would jump around the, the ring. Just right. jump. And just be like this sort of bouncing ball around the ring and just yell and be like, ah, I'm super crazy. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Like was, he was workshopping yeah, his character. And, it was like, and I think all of them kind of were. And it was like the, most, it was the stupidest thing. And it was like, okay, yeah, he's super crazy. He's just, you know, running around the ring and jumping around. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't know. It didn't really wrestle that much but it was just like super and we're like looking at each other like what is going on he's super crazy yeah i mean that's just what he is you don't know what he's gonna do and that's like the worst workshop character (laughs) like no no i'm super i'm gonna keep saying i'm super crazy yeah and it's it was one of those things like trying to convince us oh wow this guy's super crazy but it was like there's no technique involved it was just technique yeah but it was just like the like 
one of those things where you, you had to be there too but it was just like what is what is happening i don't even know what's happening it's almost like one of those things where they got there and that the first guy it's like oh my god the the guy you're you know super macho or something has uh got the flu all right um i'll go out there i'll just i'll, I'll wing something what do you i'm not just make up something super crazy all right coming up super crazy. oh great <laughs> oh no he's up there it's like i'm super crazy so do you have a special move no no it was just like i don't know what where he oh he's over there oh he's over there what what, what is happening <laughs> That sounds like something that was made up on the fly yeah, at that moment. Totally. Because I don't think you call yourself that and then just say that. Right. It's almost just, I'm an artist. And there's hashtag <laughs> artist. It's like, what are you doing? Just saying that word is not going to make you do that. Exactly. And just like saying, you know, I'm a producer. It's yeah. like, if you're really a producer, like you're a TV producer. You don't go around saying, hey, I'm Rob. I'm, I'm TV, embarrassed I'm TV. to even. Exactly. I don't know why. I don't even. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it either. It's just. It's so dumb. You it's like, and yes, that's what I do, and that's my title. Right. It, it is what it is. But saying it, I sound so douchey like I should be at a Starbucks it's... working on my screenplay in <laughs> quotes. And it's exactly. just like, oh, I know it's my job, but it seems so stupid. I know. It's just like, you're a TV. You produ- uh, he's sort of saying, yeah, pretty, that's what I do. Oh, really? I don't really want to talk about it. I just say, yeah, I work in TV. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, what that's I all that's I, I did. I just work in TV. I work in TV. Just, I don't know. It's I don't know why because maybe it has that weird douchiness to it because everyone just says they're a producer, so yeah. it's just so easy to say that. And it's like, oh, I'm a writer, I'm a producer, and you just say that, and you're like, then you just have to start justifying stuff. It's right. like, I, what do you do? I work in TV. Like know. nobody knows what that means. Exactly. You know? And a producer is everything because you know I I could tell my mother just I wanted direct or I don't like or. Yeah. I, I can tell her I direct, she'll say I'm a producer. I can say I'm a producer, she'll say I'm an executive producer. Yeah. You know, it's always like, why would you say producer? You don't even know what a producer does. Yeah. And no one knows what a producer does outside of people who right. do this. So if you go to a party or something and say, oh, I'm, I work in TV. Oh, really? What do you do? I'm a post producer. It's like, how can I say this without them asking? Because post producers doesn't mean anything to anybody. So they're like, but what does that mean? What do you right. do? And then you get into it and you get into it and you're like, you know what? It's just not. Well, and that's funny you brought it because there's an exec on our show uh, from the network side that honestly I don't think knows what I do. Because he, he emailed me. We were trying to pick a song for a show. Right. Clearancing on songs is a nightmare um, for some artists. Some are easy. Some right. are har- harder. And he CCs me on the email on the thing going, oh, uh, Robert can answer that. He's the editor. <laughs> nope, not. How do you not know? I've been on the show two seasons. I talk to you all the time. How do you not? Even if he just went, hey, it's Robert. He's in post. Great. Right. That makes a lot more sense. Like, here's the editor. How do you <laughs> not know what I do? Like, I was just like, not even going to correct. Just going to move forward. Wow. I guess, to be fair, there are line producers who deal with, mo- enti- uh, with production mostly, mm-hmm. but are responsible for post two and yeah. everything, um, that don't know anything. So if you come to them, well, I need, you know, uh, four avids because, you know, um, 
we're gonna have to have you know one to do this and to be more efficient yeah sure whatever whatever okay. you need you know you go to accounting uh well you know we dropped in you know vfx on this one and you know we uh online here oh yeah just just code it and and, and sure i'll sign it and we'll, we'll just tell me where to put it yeah you know there's no there's no questions about the minutia of right. post you know there's some savvy line producers who yeah. know things but for the most part it's like i i don't really want to know about it you know yeah the one thing that gets the show to look the way it does everything everything you see in the theater yes it happened because there was someone wrote it and someone shot it but you have to finish it and deliver it and that's what we do but yet no one seems to know like somehow it's just magically it's like right yeah i I don't know it just happens oh there's a lot that happens in between and i'm not trying to like hype up like that ours is the most important but we are a big factor we put together what they shot mix it we color it we title it and we get it on you know we're the ones the last ones i always said we're the last ones to hold it which doesn't exist anymore because we send a file but but yeah we, before we used to be the last ones to hold it to hand it off to the studio and all of a sudden it's like yeah this there whatever what do you guys do we <laughs> finish the show like, <laughs> who are you guys again <laughs> wow okay um yeah i i it, it's such an important part of the process and you know, I was thinking, I was, because you can't get around it. So I was talking to someone the other day about it and just explaining to it. And it's good because as soon as you explain it, you know, the 400th time, yeah. you sort of get better at like yeah. streamlining it. Because yeah. if you think about what we do, it, it's a lot. Yeah. You and I have been doing it so long that you just know what to do. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of do this and do this. And, the, you know, if you really go into it, the, kind of people we deal with producers network studio vendors uh cast every yeah. everybody it's like that's kind of a lot of different types of people yeah that we deal with you know from corporate to artists to uh technical people to and you have to sort of wrangle all these people together yeah and it's a it's a lot a work in the beginning when you don't know what you're doing but then now you know since we're doing it so long it's like yeah okay i know how to do oh this is uh the studio know how to do network know how to deal with them vendors yep cast okay have to be a little okay yeah you got it so <laughs> cast, uh, yeah, yeah, a little iffy on the cast <laughs> yeah. but you know well you know you, you can't yeah, yeah there's you, you know, there's you weird to- protocols that you can't really write down or explain but you just get right like, it, you just can't I can't write down how to deal with them. It's just there's just right a thing you do. Right, you have to, you have to do it. Yeah, to in order to like like really. And once you do it, you it. just get it. Right. So, but you can just sort of turn on. You know, if someone calls you, hey, it's so and so from the network, or if it's the actor who plays so and so, they mm-hmm. want to know if they can get a copy. No. You, you talk to those people very differently. Talk to agents, you know, differently. It's just like you sort of have to know how to. Uh, deal with different people. Um, I'm Daniel Day Lewis in this bitch. I I know how to talk. I know how to act with each person differently. Right. I have 90 characters I can portray. <laughs> so yeah, it's like someone was asking me. So I'll oh, post product. So like you handle things after it's been shot and stuff like that. And you go, well, I mean, technically post production is that. Yeah. But no, we we're on from script stage. 
we're on in the production meetings when we get called on maybe once for the season for the season (laughs) but we're there in the beginning to make sure that what comes to us after we shoot is something we can work with you know it even though they still do it it's not it wouldn't be right for a, a production to just go shoot stuff on their own without consulting you and go, oh, here, put this together. And it's like, well, if you... Well, that's 90% of what happens to us anyways. Though. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Even when we're there and we go, no, you can't do this. Yeah. This is the way to do it. You get the footage. And, oh, they didn't listen so, to us So they all. did it that yeah. way. Exactly. So, I mean... correct. <clears throat> exactly. So, and, and that's what we do. We sort of like that whole fix it in post. Yeah. It's, yes, we can, we can do it. We can do anything. It's going to involve time and money. Yeah. But... Yes, we can we can deal with it and we can do it. If you want to streamline it and uh, make things cost effective, we should probably have been on in the beginning. And if we were, you we should probably have listened to what yeah. you know we have said. But I mean, I've done it once or twice, so yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, and that's the thing because like when I talk to people that don't aren't in the business or don't know, I <clears throat> I tend to just like go. I'm an office manager. I go. That's the best way to sum up what I do. Yeah. I'm the manager. I have a lot of people around me. And then that's kind of what we do when we finish. Like if, if it's someone who doesn't understand anything, it's like, what exactly do you – the best thing to do, I'm an office manager. Yeah. I, I move all the pieces around, make sure everyone has what they have, and then we deliver a show. And then you go from there. And then that's the, – I mean that's the best best example I can give to someone who doesn't know. It's right. like I'm the office manager. Do you ever, after you t- uh, give the office manager um, spiel, do you ever – to that person, does that person ever come back – maybe days later, maybe weeks later, or maybe even months later, and maybe introduces you to someone and say, here's Robert. He's uh, an editor. You're an editor? And it's it, like, oh, it I, always comes I, to editor. I, I didn't say editor. I said, what I do, I say I manage those people, manage right. editors and stuff like that. But it, it doesn't matter. It's just still, they go, so you edit? Yeah, that's basically, it always comes down. It's like, oh, you're an editor, right? Sure. Yeah. It depends on how long I'm going to be sitting with <laughs> right. that person. You know yeah, yeah, I am. It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. True story. I'm an editor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Because John Robert, on Twitter, Because John Rob. SoundCloud is how you're already listening to it, so that wouldn't really matter. You already know. Already know. You already know. All right. Um, this has been Post Apocalyptic. This is Rob. This is John. Take it easy. Boop, boop.